hit record. Welcome! So, it's Wednesday, it's 12 o'clock. I feel like it's like some TV show. It's Wednesday, it's 12 o'clock. My name's Rachel and I am a human movement geek with a special interest in biomechanics. So I'm going to assume you are the same, but what would be really cool if I don't know you, if we haven't interacted um, in some way, we haven't been on my courses, is he? Of course I know you. Let me know who you are, what your profession is, and what I want to really kind of focus today's session on. We're going to go for about, I always say 45 minutes, and then we always end up at an hour. So <laughs> I try not to go over an hour. What I thought we would discuss today are your three top struggles and frustrations right now in your business. Um, and it can be anything. So I post these questions over social media um, in advance and I get a few responses coming through. Obviously, being a movement practitioner, my background is sort of talking about biomechanics of the human body. What I found interesting is this time, I'm actually getting kind of some different stuff. Yes, I've got some movement stuff from Chris, who was here last week. So uh, Chris, um, he'll be joining us soon. If not, he'll be watching it afterwards, I'm sure. But also um, a big topic, which I've actually been doing a lot of uh, research on myself anyway, which is compliance or adherence. So Kath, my friend Kath Hopkins, Hopkins has asked me the question. I did ask her to clarify a little bit more. She hasn't got back to me yet, or if she hasn't missed it. So sorry, Kath. Um, the more detail I know about your um, why you want to ask a specific question, the more we can get into the nitty gritty and start discussing it. So what I thought we'd do is, first of all, we'd begin with Chris's questions, which are biomechanics related, because that's kind of what this was set up about. Um, but I think it will feed nicely into the other questions that I've got coming through or that, that, that have come through. Um, anything I don't get to, because these conversations can go, go really big, then we can put them down. I'm going to carry on doing these free lives every Wednesday. You're really interested in my monologue. However, if you give the more information you give me, the more questions you ask, the more details you give me about your concerns, frustrations, the things you want to learn more about, the more I can put together into content to deliver you like this online. So I'm trying to do um, a regular event so that you know when it's on, I'm trying to do a lunchtime, hoping you might be able to have a break and making it short, 45 minutes to an hour, so it's easy to absorb. That's kind of really the point. And it's completely free. So you can literally ask me anything. <laughs> Whether I'll be able to answer you, I have no idea. Uh, but I will have a go. So I'm just going to have a quick look, see if I've got any questions coming from Instagram. Hi, Insta guys. How are you doing? Uh, good to see you all. Hi, Kareth. So Chris asked me um, last week about um, shoulder and shoulder rehab and hip mobility and so Chris has done um, some CBD work with us so we did learn some of that stuff but I thought it would give me an opportunity to talk about and he mentioned specifically football so anybody who's not a football fan 
<laughs> my husband is massively Rangers fan, but we won't get into that. Thinking about basically um, sports, if you have a weekend warrior client, um, maybe somebody's taking up running or they play rugby or football. And so to talk about common problems that you face, um, uh, specifically with football and rugby, and uh, recently over just before lockdown, actually, this lockdown, I got a new client who was, uh, he's a dad, and he used to play rugby. He doesn't play rugby anymore because he's got sore knees and a sore back. So uh, a great question, Chris, uh, with relevance. Um, and I'm going to link football and rugby together. I'm aware in the strength conditioning side, there may be some differences, but they will both um, mean or result in potential impact, which we cannot do anything about. Rugby in particular, probably more so. Uh, the scrums or when they barge each other to get the ball and sometimes in football that's usually kicking and jumping uh, same in rugby I guess um, but the idea about getting injured from contact we can't really do anything about however if we can make the player the athlete the client a more robust physical human being then even when they do take contact, they should be more stable um, to take that hit. And the hit can come in any direction. So thinking about um, their ability to take a sideways or a frontal plane shunt or push, rather than simply just a sagittal plane uh, shunt or push. So um, a little bit around those, and, and I haven't gone into the details of strength and conditioning for rugby and footballers, but I would feel I could do that if I did more research uh, specifically. But the client I got was he just wanted to reduce his knee and back pain, which I'm going to come back to later when we talk about compliance. Um, but ultimately, he was playing rugby and he couldn't anymore. So Chris is asking about shoulder rehab and... Um, hip mobility so i'm just going to break those down for chris and for anybody listening rehab is really for um, a clinician when a client or an athlete is coming out of some kind of surgery um, and they need rehabilitation so that's not an exercise professional's job you've then got potentially the idea that um, somebody coming out of a soft tissue injury a tear seeing a therapist for rehab and then of course going into the strength area and then somebody who's coming out of rehab from seeing a therapist or a clinician wanting to get stronger so i think from what i know of chris um we're probably talking about post rehab um, and so just a bit by the way if you don't if you're not familiar with my language, I am really pedantic. I'm trying to be super clear because I'm aware that I could be talking to all of those professionals, allied professionals or chartered, uh, or sorry, clinical professionals, clinicians, physios, osteos, podiatrists, etc. Um, then you've got the therapist group. So level three, level four, level five, sports massage, anything from a six few months course right up to a sports therapy degree there's those guys and then there's the exercise professionals strength and conditioning coaches personal trainers each of these professionals will have a different role 
Um, and I'm aware that some of you may have all of these skills or a combination. But what I'm trying to do is break down those, what you're insured to do. So as a personal trainer, really, we are a post or should be post rehab. Uh, which is a long-winded way around to getting to the point that uh, Chris has asked is shoulder rehab for a footballer. Shoulder rehab is not our job unless you're a therapist or a clinician. As a personal trainer, post-rehab, probably. Um, if they are uncomfortable or there's a problem, we need to refer them out, get them cleared before they can come back. And when they are cleared with some written documentation, please, from that physio or therapist, Make sure you get written confirmation of what you can and can't do. And then there's your regular standard interventions that go from low grade up to gradually strengthening the shoulder. So, Chris, I know you'll know uh, what I mean in here. And anybody who's followed me for a while, you'd be starting with those low grade muscle energy techniques. So if you're not familiar with the 2020, it's a post-contraction sensory discharge technique that was researched by um, Rigo Siskar. And it looks at a 20% static isometric, 20%, sorry, effort, static contraction held for 20 seconds. The idea is that this muscle energy technique is really good, really safe for post-rehab, rehab even, um, and preparatory work coming back into the gym um, to get fit and strong. And then we can follow that muscle energy technique with antagonist strength work. So we're trying to strengthen the joint strength ratio. So let me give you an example. If you imagine we want to um, do a muscle energy technique on infraspinatus, which is an external rotator of the shoulder, then we could use uh, the hand as resistance. And as you turn out, you do that isometrically without moving. Um, which gives you, um, hopefully, if you apply it right or teach it right, coach it right, just a 20% effort contraction on the embryospinatus or the external rotator. We hold it for 20 seconds and we would get them to do that probably four times based on the research. Ideally, do it both sides. So 20% effort, hold for 20 seconds, repeat four times, both sides. And then if we think about the way joints and muscles work together, the antagonist movement to external rotation would be internal rotation. And this is where you're probably more familiar with things like having a band tied over here or a cable and then rotating the arm in. And that would be reps and sets relevant to the client's um, ability, level, um, strength, etc. prior to the injury or, or coming out of rehab. Um, and you may start with a lower dosage, depending, uh, or a higher, lighter weight. And again, that's for you guys to decide. We could then follow that up with putting the band over the other side and then strengthening the external rotator. So you're getting this balance of low-grade intervention, improve the function, antagonist work, strength work, and then agonist strength work. And this could be a system that you put into place to improve how they stand, how they position, how they feel, shoulder conditioning. Now let's just flip that around 
You could also do the muscle energy technique on the internal rotators first, then the band work the other way, and then the band work in. Or <laughs> do the, the muscle energy technique on both sides and then pick whichever one you strengthen first. So they would be some really good base level safe start point, but it comes with a caveat that your client has come with a letter of referral saying they're okay to work with you, or you have a skill set that allows you to evaluate them, assess them, and uh, evaluate that they are ready for a strength training program, whatever's relevant. So by breaking down movement into isolated areas, whatever that might be, um, we, can we can identify how to improve the movement first, preparatory with the IMU Freely muscle energy technique, and then strengthen using uh, the law of reciprocal inhibition. So if you remember in your original training, that when we taught about uh, when the agonist uh, contracts, the antagonist will lengthen, and that law of reciprocal inhibition, um, we can take advantage of it to improve the functionality of uh, the shoulders. So I hope I've answered your question on that one, Chris. And then he talked about hip mobility and testing. So obviously I run a, a school that teaches biomechanics education. So you could just head on over, shameless plug, uh, and I'm not shamed at all. Uh, that's the whole point is to help and support and educate go on over to the Bobby Gunners Education website and we've got a portfolio now of online training that teaches you how to assess your clients online. The pelvis, the spine, the shoulders, the knees and the feet. So you can invest in those and then when we go back to face to face, for those of you who've been asking um, and wanting to still do the full Bobby Gunners Coach Diploma, they count as credit towards your diploma. And whatever you pay for those will take off the price of your diploma. For those of you whose biggest struggle right now is finance and you're really uh, stressed, frustrated and struggling, head on over to YouTube, the Biomechanics Education page, and you can subscribe to uh, videos. And again, they're free videos. You'll see these videos up there, all our videos. And if you go and have a look for the squat project. So I launched the squat project oh, several years ago and it has been, it's still now, it's one of the most popular free um, series of seven videos. It's aimed at everybody, it's aimed at clients, practitioners, so it should be simple enough to follow and it's in sections of pelvis, spine, shoulders, nerves, knees, feet, is that everything? Pelvis, spine, shoulders, nerves, knees, feet, that's six. Well, the first video is what the series is about, I think. And you can follow that series and it will teach you how to assess and improve the function of your pelvis, spine, shoulders, nerves, knees and feet. And you can always translate that into a system or a process that you can offer to a client. Uh, it doesn't guarantee insurance. It doesn't certify you. You would need to uh, make sure that if you're going to pass that information on to someone else, that you're within the right insurance remit. So uh, just comes with that caveat. So hopefully, Chris, that's um, 
got to some of the, the answer to some of the questions, and I know that Chris was looking at our online content after we spoke and he'd asked me this question, uh, but hopefully we explored that a bit for others. So something else is just about assessment online, and this is just a, a tip. Assessment is something we do all the time. When your client walks into your gym or your clinic, you will be maybe subconsciously watching the way they walk. If they walked in with a limp one day, you would assess that and you would say, Barry, you're limping, are you all right? You'd be making an evaluation. So you'd have assessed their extrinsic biomechanics. You would have noted that they are limping. You would then further question, are they right? Uh, oh, sorry, are they ready? for this session or should we be moving them onto someone else in advance of coming to see us? So that's a real simple way of looking at evaluation. And what we could then do is to give you the example with my rugby player is while he wanted to reduce knee and back pain, that's not my job, that's not what I do. I don't, I cannot promise pain relief um, it's a subjective symptom um, and so took him through an online process first and again we'll go through this a little bit more later on when I talk about adherence um, and identified actually when I dug into this knee and back issue the real crux of why he wanted to see me was to play on the floor with his two-year-old son okay so great so now I've got a movement benchmark Okay, show me how you get up and down off the floor. So Dan John, who is um, an American strength and conditioning coach, um, and he's wrote some fantastic books. So if you've got a pen and paper and you like uh, books, intervention is a no-brainer. He's done loads of books as well. Can you go? So but intervention, can you go, I think, were, were two key ones that I really enjoyed. And he will do that. He will just say, show me how you get up and down off the floor. And then you can film that, you can analyze it, you could do that online, literally like I'm here. You know, if, if you were watching me as, and I was your client, and you said, right, Rach, get up and down the floor, get into a space, and you would watch, oh, you know, how I do that. You'd evaluate it if you're doing Zoom, you could be recording it. And then you've got a benchmark. You can analyze their ability to dorsiflex, knee flex, hip flex, extend, spine flex, rotate, do they put the hand down, you know, are they slow, do they look like they're cumbersome, it's all assessment, you're assessing their biomechanical performance and it becomes super relevant to the goal. So over the duration of me seeing this client, where we ended up once we got him uh, a little bit more comfortable and moving better, is to the Turkish get-up. Uh, he was a rugby player, he'd done strength training, he'd done a bit of CrossFit. So bringing him into a strength program, obviously we'd done all of this stuff, and the, 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 the isolated stuff, but then taking him into the, the Turkish, the Turkish get-up then became my new benchmark. What was the quality of his Turkish get-up without any weight? I could do all of that online. Show me your Turkish scale. So, you know, we'd get him right down, I'd watch it and film it, and then right, and then we'd add a weight, and then we'd watch it again. And so this set of biomechanics, and now people, um, yes, there's a full evidence-based biomechanics coaching model. You can come and learn how to understand 
where it's coming from, why that's happening. But there's no reason why we can't just use basic fundamental movements right now on our um, online sessions to evaluate the quality of a client's movement. If they've got a little bit of space in their living room or you get them to take their camera outside or whatever you think is appropriate, get them to do the movements that, that are a problem or they're trying to achieve or that you know relate to their problems or what's going on. And then you've got that benchmark. Now the question is then, what do I do as an intervention? And this is where online coaching and the safety aspect, I think, for a lot of people uh, becomes challenging because A, clients may not have equipment. B, lighting. So you see how the sun's just come out. And even though I've got my ring light on, it's now interfering with the lighting that you're looking at in my studio. So having your client set up also the technology. So that's usually the bigger challenge. Um, but online assessment um, is, is possible. Um, in some ways, you could argue that online assessment is actually safer because you're not putting your hands on them, um, which could be contraindicated if you move the leg and it's uncomfortable. Whereas if you're just saying, okay, sit in your chair, show me how your spine rolls down, show me how you bend to the side, how does that feel? All of this on your Zoom or on your live sessions, you can record or you could ask, you know, obviously ask their permission and you've got a storage of information about their progress. And then you've got these fantastic little applications. I use Play Post where you can slot day one, day five or whatever, day 20 of them in spine reflection. Day one, they're here, day five, they're here. Uh, uh, and, and so on. You can see these progressions, but more importantly, you can show your client. So online assessment is not, doesn't have to be as complex or as challenging as we might think. As a biomechanics coach, yes, it drives me nuts. I want to put my hands on them. I want to see how the leg, I want to feel how the leg rotates. I want to put my hands on the scapula when I'm testing subscapularis infraspinatus. Can't do that. We've got to accept our limitations and just do what we can because we have this duty of care to still help. Can I evaluate their movement just by watching? Yes, of course I can. You can see if somebody has some weird kind of positioning, the biggest challenge is then what do we do about it? So I've obviously at the beginning of this video giving you some insight into muscle energy techniques. Um, we can use um, foam rollers or cross balls, depends on what, what else you coach or you're happy with. Um, I also teach clients how to um, massage themselves. You know, if you just kind of like, there's nothing wrong with that. I certainly use those techniques on myself when I can't see a manual therapist. Uh, but don't let being restricted to online hold you back. And even if you are working one-to-one, -one, I think right now uh, we are, where are we? Uh, 12, 11th, 12th of November. Um, we're in lockdown. I think PTs can work one-to-one -one in an open space. You can still evaluate without putting your hands on them. Um, and so there's no reason why you can't get them to do certain positions or movements to make that assessment. Always asking permission, of course, if you're going to be um, documenting images of a client. So I'm just gonna come across, see if we've got any questions by their Instagram. How are you doing? Just having a little look.
we're at those guys. Uh, just check if you've not got any questions. So remember, you can ask questions at any point. I'm going to now go into, brilliant, some of the questions that I got asked in advance. Uh, and this is Kath. So Kath actually just literally posted uh, compliance. And so I said, what about it? Uh, I kind of knew or what she meant, but I didn't want to assume. And I think what she was talking about is the idea of a deal. It's getting a client to um, do the homework, motivating them, engaging them. And I think um, this is a big topic right now. And I've, as I said, I've been doing some research into what more content can I create to be helpful to you right now, coming out of lockdown, maybe going into tiers one, two, three, et cetera, and moving into next year with both online, potential lockdowns again, or maybe face-to-face -face and maybe even in person. And to just go through some ideas on um, a consultation and literally the engagement will begin right from that very first interaction. What do I mean by that? Well, let me take you right back and ask you, do you have a system written out and planned out about when your client, a client, a new client comes in gets in touch and said, Rach, I want to come and see you. Do you have a system? And if so, what does that look like? Let me take you through some steps and I'll give you an example of the system that I use and also something that myself and two of my colleagues, uh, one osteopath, Mike Rice, and a physiotherapist, Martin Haynes, are developing, putting together Coming soon, Izzy, by the way. I know it's been coming for a while, but we want to get it right to help the industry um, in terms of consulting uh, red flags and, and a pathway for a, a client coming in. So, client rings up or emails or texts, says, Rach, I want to see you. I said, right, okay. Stop right there. Before we talk about why, I would like you to understand the way I work and what I do. So right from the go-get, I will ask for that email and send an email template. Within that email template, I'm going to describe my system, the way I work, why it might be different, because it is different probably than most other practitioners out there. And it lays out uh, who I am, what I do, what I'm skilled at, the fact that I work with other diverse professional skills, part of a multidisciplinary team, and that whatever happens, I will support them in finding the right professional, whether that is seeing me first or whether I'm going to send them away to somebody else first. Because we've got to identify red flags. Now, why do I do this? Well, I need to do this because if I say, no problem, Barry, 10 o'clock Monday, Barry turns up at 10 o'clock Monday, we start the consultation and there's a red flag. We've just wasted my time and his time. Of course, I'm not going to charge him if it's an immediate referral away. Um, and so we both, we both lost out there. So my whole online consultation process was always online anyway, uh, but that's more relevant for most people now. And even in a gym setting, if somebody approaches you, we should really have a system in place to rule out red flags and to create the right level of expectation at the beginning. 
So I'm not saying you have to follow my system. I'm just sharing my system to see if it offers you insight into how I get the adherence that I do and the compliance, uh, which comes back to Kath's original question. So inquiry, email, num uh, email address, email number, email address, and then I send them an email template. And what I say to them is, once you've looked at that, if you're happy, you can email me back. And part of it is to complete what we call now uh, and what we're developing, which is called the safety net. Now, this safety net system is a series of questions. It's, it's almost like a really extensive health park you. So a park you has a dozen questions on it. It's really not enough to identify red flags. Some of the questions that we've got on here, and it's been designed by the three of us, so myself as a biomechanics coach, uh, Mike and Martin are also biomechanics coaches, but they're also um, allied regulated professionals from the physiotherapy and osteopathy world. So we've developed this questionnaire. Some of the questions to me look a little bit odd, to be fair, but I wouldn't ask them because that's not my training, but they would ask them right up front to identify red flags. So part of this initial email is for the client to answer those questions on the safety net system. Now I get an alert that tells me red, A&E. Amber, they need to see a clinician before they see me. And green, I can crack on. Really quick, really simple. Uh, we're literally in a conversation this morning about how it's gonna work on a platform um, that we're going to collaborate with. So I'll let you know when it's ready. Um, super quick, super simple. I know straight away, the client knows straight away, they're signposted A&E. Uh, they have a card, they have an email that states why they've gone based on the question, the email, the, um, the red results. If it's Amber, then we are alerted and I can point them towards an online consultation with a clinician who would take them through further questioning and then they would refer them back to me with written documentation of what I can and can't do. So it really protects the client, myself, and then creates an, a, a multidisciplinary approach to assisting the client into uh, being looked after. Now, if it's green or he's been sent back through the clinician, then I'm good to go. And at that point, which might be on, on the immediate receipt of the email. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to go through all that process. They may just come straight back as a green. I'm like, right, let's set up a call. And we have a call and I say, right, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, why you, you want to come and see me. And then we're on to um, uh, where I'm, there's like that pre-qualification. Now I'm trying to work out what skill sets and what, what, what's this going to look like. Part of this phone consultation, I might do this on Zoom, is to um, inform, engage, and clarify exactly what the client is wanting to get from this. Now, rather than saying, what's your goal? The client says, lose weight, or I've got a sore back, or something else. What I really want to get into here is um, setting up the expectation really understanding the client's goal and the client might not realize exactly what their goal is. So what do I mean by that? Let's say they say I've got a sore back. You could take my rugby player for an example. 
the saw back, okay, it's an annoyance. Uh, but really, truly, the true goal, when I really sort of get into what do you want to get from this, I want to play on the floor with my son Christmas morning without uh, and actually be able to get down and get back up again. That's the heart of the goal. But he didn't know that was his goal until my consultation and we talked through it. And when, uh, when he talked about that as the goal instead of the back pain and the knee pain, we created uh, a positive focus. Also, his face lit up. He was like, oh, yeah, just, oh, it, that, um, to play on the floor with my son, just that would be fantastic. I knew we now had the true uh, goal that he was trying to achieve. But it took skilled communication skills. Now, those of you watching this, I'm confident that all of you will be really great communicators already. But I think because we are great communicators, we don't tend to use CPD to improve our communication skills. But if you want a client, if clients are not adhering or compliant, Something is missing from your communication skill set. It may be the system, it may be the style of questioning, it may be that uh, they've not revealed something and we need to get really good. And, and I think a common um, skill that we often talk about as certainly as strength coaches is, oh, I'm a counsellor. Now, I've been trained uh, many, many years ago, I trained as a counsellor, and so I understand the skill sets and the tactics and techniques of open questions and paraphrasing and client-centered interviewing. As personal trainers, it was a thing 30 years ago. I don't think it is so much now. There was a fad a little while back, if you remember, of NLP and CBT and this kind of stuff. But while you're in lockdown, I strongly recommend if your clients are not adhering, they're not compliant, go back to analyzing your communication skill set and just look at have, have you personally and I, i've done this before got complacent or have you not got a system that ensures you engage that client from day one that you uh, clarify their understanding and expectation of what you're going to do and that you know and have a clear expectation of what the client's true goals are. So I think at the minute, everyone's kind of, there's that slight panic mode of, I need to pay my bills. I've not got as many clients. My clients are dropping off. Um, they can't afford it or they don't like online or whatever it is. So we're all looking at ways to get more clients. When if we consider our communication skills in a little more detail, when we're posting on social media, when we are speaking to, if we get the opportunity, new clients or they're referred in, we've got a really great system set up. So it's things like, I've mentioned a few already, I want to write them down so I don't forget. So verbal skills, uh, environmental skills, silly things that you may not think about, looking them in the eye, smiling, creating a nice experience. One thing I would always advocate pre-COVID was to the, the idea of touching the elbow as you speak to them and say, oh yeah, no, I, I understand, I appreciate, or I can only imagine how you feel. That is obviously going to be limited 
um, as part of our skill sets. We've really got to hone our verbal and listening skills. Listening skills is the key component here. So we can ask a great question to then um, uh, allow us to listen and hear exactly what the client is saying. And they may say things between, like between the lines, you read between the lines, you're listening between the sentences, but open question. So an open question is a question that doesn't expect a yes, no answer. So um, do you feel okay today is a closed question. They can go yes, or they can say no. If you said, tell me how you're feeling today, or explain to me what you'd like to get from today's session. Explain to me what you'd like to get from our relationship, our meeting. Um, and why is that? Open body language, open question, eye contact, nodding, smiling, using their name is, is a real, uh, it's, it's underrated, it sounds silly, uh, but when I teach, Group X is really my thing. When I teach Group X, I will endeavor to remember um, every time I teach a class for the first time in a classroom or in a class, I will try and remember as many names as I can and I will repeat them. And if I repeat them, I'm more likely to remember them. And if I say them out loud and that individual hears me remember their name, they feel valued. Um, and so they're going to come back, they're more likely to engage, engage them, they feel they, they want to come see us again. Uh, and that happens in both one-to-one -one and group. Uh, yeah, your body language, open questions, paraphrasing. So paraphrasing is where we repeat back what they've said, and then we can open with um, another open question. So, so can I just be clear? So what you're saying, Barry, is what you would really like to achieve is to help your back move better. Um, and then uh, that enables you to get down on the floor and play with your son. Is that what you're asking? Yes, or it gives the opportunity for them to elaborate further. Yeah. Um, what we'd like, ask them straight away, what would you like to get from this? But rather than accepting their first answer, get deeper. So Simon Sinek, there's another book uh, recommendation for those of you with a pen. Uh, Simon Sinek, The Five Whys. Go and check that one out. Um, I mean, the guy's amazing anyway, but one of my favorite books. And as long as it's structured in the right way and it comes across naturally, uh, we don't just literally say, well, why? Why? You know, you would sort of allow them to speak and say, well, can you, can you explain to me exactly why that's important to you? Now, wanting to play on the floor with his son doesn't really need a why, but how do, you might say, how would that make you feel if you could play on the floor with your son on Christmas morning? Oh, just joy. It's just knowing I could get back up. It's knowing I can, you know, be there with him on Christmas morning. Let them get emotional. Um, I was speaking to Chris Wright yesterday, and he, one of his validations on a client doing the homework is if they cried. Um, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, would have experienced moments with clients where it does get really emotional they may have started crying you may have started crying you know and it's they're in they're engaged they are sharing they're, they're really opening up and what we don't want to make our clients cry um, actually that that engagement which um can be different more difficult online i appreciate that but it's super important 
And so even now here with you guys, you know, I'm trying to be expressive. I'm trying to be lighthearted as well. I'm trying to make it as engaging as I can. So I have my friend here with me. So there's a lot of thought going into being online because we've got to really hone the skills we can use. If we can't put our hands on them, if we can't share pheromones, is that right? No, what is it? Oxytocin, no sharing pheromones. That's for your partner, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, if we want to have that oxytocin response, then it's going to be much harder. The chemistry isn't the same when it's with a screen online. So how can we, as movement practitioners, body workers, strength coaches, how can we engage clients purely online? How can we do that the same until we can get back to face-to-face? -to -face? And then we may have the limitation of not being able to physically touch, give them a hug, you know, uh, which you might do with some clients, where the boundaries are appropriate to do that. And then obviously going back to actually being hands-on, that could be a little time away. So what can we do to hone the system of the client coming in right at the very beginning to make sure they adhere. So back to Kath's point, because I know I've been saying quite a bit, I wanna always try and make sure I answer the question uh, that initiated the conversation. How do we get the clients to be compliant and adhere to the exercise programs we're giving them? So I hear the frustration, Kath, I get it. So what I've done is I've taken the responsibility upon myself to create a system uh, hopefully that engages them, make sure they're the right client. Remember, if they're not the right client for you and the engagement doesn't work, they ain't gonna do the homework. Or make sure you set up the expectation appropriately before you begin your, uh, your work with them. This is how I work. This is what I expect. Is that okay? I'm not going to fix you. I'm going to teach you how to look after yourself. There's the empowerment, passing the responsibility over. If they're dependent on you, then it could shift uh, the likelihood of success. Of course, they want your guidance. Uh, it's not saying you can't help, um, but making sure they understand the process, what their role is, i.e. you need to do the homework or you're going to make me look bad. Uh, and you're not going to get the results. And this is how I work. If they don't like it at that point, brilliant. I'm, I know somebody down the road I think would be a much better fit for you. Uh, it might be less intense because the way I work is quite intense in the early days. To get them to understand that expectation, what, the, what this means, engaging them, setting up their expectation, you know, having that clarity um, and understanding right at the beginning, I know when a client is going to adhere or not. I, I technically, it's an interview process. Um, to be fair, it, it's not my main income. However, even if it is, you want your diary full of the people who are going to do the homework, who are engaged, who are compliant, who understand the process. Because if you've got the guys coming in who think it's a quick fix down the road, six weeks and six, you know, after whatever it is, they have this idea of your skill set or rub it and you're pain free again forever, then they're going to be disappointed. They're going to say, oh, they didn't help, or they didn't fix me, or I didn't get the six pack abs. And I know you guys will know what I'm talking about, but maybe a bit more attention to detail, specifically right now, in setting up that system at the front end, 
entry point in, whether it's group X or one-to-one, whether it's online or face-to-face, is going to have a more, um, you'll be more confident that they're going to adhere or be compliant. So, Kath, I hope that helps. Um, and I know Kath is doing our Bobby Phillips coach diploma, um, at the, or she was doing earlier in the year, uh, but obviously we've been limited this year. Um, so I've not seen you for a while, Kath, but let me know if that does answer your question if you have any more. Um, so those of you in, hi there, Claire, nice to see you. Um, I'm just going to come in and just see if we've had any questions come through uh, as I've been speaking. Listening today. Okay. We've got a few over on Instagram. Uh, we've got a few over on Facebook. So Facebook, any questions? Instagram, any questions? Zoom, any questions? I'm on a slightly slight delay on Facebook. It's really disconcerting because I've got three images of me. <laughs> so I've got Instagram who's seeing up my nose. I've got Zoom who I'm talking to. And then I've got Facebook who's about 30 seconds behind on the video. So any questions? If not, I'm going to start to bring this one to a close. Let me just, uh, can't see any coming in. Claire, any questions or are you, you can type into the chat box if there's anything specifically. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to start to wind it up, wait and see if there's any more questions come in. But what I'll do, I'm doing this every Wednesday. So today was a little bit uh, more consultation stuff. Uh, if you didn't watch the start of the video, we were talking about shoulder um, and pelvis rehab, and we were talking about some exercises that did share some, so go back and you can watch it. Um, it'll be on Instagram, Facebook, and I'll put it over onto YouTube as well. What can I do to help you out, guys, over lockdown? What can I create? I am looking for content ideas that help you um, whether it's free, obviously these uh, Q&As are totally free. You can ask anything you like. I'm trying to do these live, get them all out there. What more can we do to help? I want, I want to help you. I want to try and see if I can't bring you, even if it's not me, any of the collaborators, any of the people I work with, whether it's business, whether it's nutrition with uh, Ben Coombs and these guys, uh, Mike Grice over at Birmingham Movement Therapy Education. He's doing a load of great content. Tom Waldron, Franklin Method, uh, who else? Don't miss anybody else. Josh Mullen and Mark Law is doing some great podcasts over on UKPTs. Uh, who else? Uh, equipment, obviously go over to Walmart and Fitness. Uh, content, content, content. I don't want to miss anyone now. Who have I missed? Um, Body Mapper. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't want to miss out. Right, okay. December the 9th. If you head over to the Biomechanics Education website, click on workshops, click on the first drop down online CPDs, go to that page, you'll see all our online education products. There are some freebies on there, go fill your boots. There's some really low cost ones. So December the 9th is a working with shoulder issues, Chris. Uh, that one's probably for you. Uh, normally, I think, I can't remember how much it is. Go and have a look. It's about 17 quid or something, I think. Normally, more than that, whatever it was. That will be on December the 9th. It's a couple of hours, and I'm partnering with Pete Banbury, who's an amazing educator, phenomenal when it comes to body mapping. So what he's going to teach you is 
some of the techniques that he uses, a five-step process to remembering anatomy. So he's going to set up shoulder bar mechanics with his body mapping. And then I'm going to do a session afterwards, which talks about um, shoulder, um, understanding how to improve shoulder functionality. We're both going to be giving you, uh, again, you know that I'm strong on remit, clarity of points of referral, and remember the safety net um, that we're, I'm designing with my clinical friends. We're going to put that together soon. You'll know about it as soon as it's launching. So uh, I'll let you know as soon as it's ready. But December 9th, head on over to there and see that. There was something else. Yes, November the 23rd. Is that a Monday? Yeah, Monday the 23rd, I have Chris Wright, who is a... Um, now, this guy, you know how nerdy I am about biomechanics? Uh, he is a, uh, a nerd when it comes to marketing, business, click funnels, Facebook ads, all that stuff. So he's going to be doing a one and a half hour free business webinar on Monday, the 23rd of November at one o'clock. Monday, the 23rd, one till 2.30, Chris Wright uh, who is a business nerd and he's doing some free content in that webinar sharing with you how do I create raving fans so he's going to take you through a blueprint uh, that he teaches I've worked with Chris for many many years 10 years or more um, and he is so passionate so engaging you will love that session I guarantee it put it in your diaries uh, email me uh, but it will be going up over social media. I will be getting it out there to you. But if you want to be there live so that you can ask live questions, he is prepared to do that. So definitely let me know. We'll be doing it on Zoom. Um, and so you can ask questions as you go, obviously, in the chat box. So I think that's everything. Just checking in. Okay. I think that's everything then, guys. We're all witted. 10 minutes to spare. <laughs> so that was a good one. I haven't ranted on too much, I hope, maybe. Uh, okay, so next week, I'll see you again here, same time, same place, same platforms. <laughs> Listen, take care, stay safe, and be kind to each other, eh? All right, let's do that one. One down. Let's go. See you soon, Claire. Take care. That one.